You're listening to The Loyalty Minute, the show that helps you build better customer loyalty and more valuable user engagement with your host, Rob Gallo. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of The Loyalty Minute. I'm your host, Rob Gallo, and today I'm super eager and excited to chat with Laura Ray Dickey. She is the CEO of Dickey's Barbecue Restaurant Incorporated, the ultimate pit master. Welcome to the show, Laura Ray. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. So for those, let's give some context around this. We're obviously in mid-COVID, mass right in the, in the middle of it. You're doing this conversation outside your normal facility. Yes, literally. It's probably the restaurant's right there. behind us. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is a, thankfully, a fully working restaurant. So we have folks that are enjoying, enjoying barbecue dine-in as we speak right behind me. Good, good stuff. So for those of you uh, listeners out there that, that don't know what Laura Ray and what uh, Dickie's Barbecue Restaurants are all about, if you could just give us a little bit of background about the company and your story, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Dickie started literally the location that I'm sitting in front of in 1941 in Dallas, Texas. So we are 79 years young, um, still a family business. Third generation is running the company. I actually uh, married into the Dickey family and have a history in marketing and brand insights and technology. And that was something they didn't have a lot of in 2008 when we hit the first recession. And so Roland, at the time, my husband was the CEO and said, could you come and join us and let's see how this could work? Because we were in 2008 and there were about 100 restaurants at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those really challenging situations where we had a legacy brand, we had good business, but it was just a really, really challenging uh, business climate for everyone. And so I said, sure, let me come in. Let's join uh, together and bring my expertise over uh, because they are fantastic at barbecue, fantastic at operations, but didn't have a lot of the technology or customer insights, didn't have a loyalty program at the time. We had great loyal customers, uh, but nothing was really formalized. So it was really kind of a growing up period for the brand. And so we looked at 2008 and said, what are we going to do? How are we going to evolve as a company? And that's really what kind of started at 10 years almost 12-year journey to where we are now in technology and marketing and loyalty. And we took all the things that made 2008 incredibly challenging, I think, for everybody. Uh, But we opened our kitchens. We brought the guests into the customer experience. We said, hey, take a look at the pit. Uh, Because if folks were going to be dining out, they really wanted something extra. And so we wanted to show them that we were true, legit Texas barbecue. It's an authentic Texas experience. You can see the pit master. You can see the pit. You can see folks pulling that barbecue out and chopping it or slicing it. Or if it's pulled pork, grab, squish, and tickling it right in front of you. And so really brought folks into that dining experience and then said, what else do we need to really make sure um, the next set of challenges, whatever they might look like, like uh, we're well set up and that was where we overlaid the technology and that's kind of what I brought to the company and then apparently missed a couple meetings and was demoted to CEO and so that is my current position. (laughs) You wait you were demoted to CEO? I I think so maybe perhaps yes. (laughs) All right so let me ask you this you mentioned that you get the customers involved in the experience. I don't know if you remember the the Seinfeld episode when uh, they let Kramer make his own pizza he's gonna slip so Jerry's like, you just slide your hands into a 500 degree oven. <laughs> you don't actually let the customers mess with the, 
the stuff though, do you? No, touche, touche. No, <laughs> it is really more looking at the process because I think that's what folks want to see. They want to see authenticity. They want to look at that craftsmanship, that artisanship. You can really see, you know, that butcher style uh, meat case that we're pulling fresh meat out of. You can see that being loaded into the pit in front of you. We smoke um, our brisket and our, our pulled pork, for example, for 12 to 14 hours over a hickory flame in every single restaurant. And folks enjoy that. They enjoy coming in. And we get a lot of really passionate folks about barbecue. It's a passion food. They have their own ways that they have maybe grown up. Uh, thinking about barbecue or smoking it in the backyard and they want to talk about it. So it's just a much more personalized, uh, really passion food. And so having folks be able to be engaged in that process has, has really expanded, I think, the customer experience for a lot of folks. That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it takes dining to a new level, I think. And, and I'm assuming think- you've grown since then. From we have. We, uh, at the time in 2008, just right around 100 locations, and we are now over 500 in wow. the United States, and we have um, locations in the UAE as well. And then we'll expand in the end of this year, the beginning of next year, into Brazil. And these are all franchise or corporate owned? They are franchise. Franchise, nice. We have uh, five family-owned restaurants, including gotcha. the original that I'm sitting in front of. Okay. Well, again, you're, you're making me hungry, so I'm going to change the subject and get right into customer loyalty. So the first question mm-hmm. that I ask most of my guests is, Laura Ray, you personally, not the company, take the CEO hat off for the moment. What does customer loyalty mean to you? And if you can, answer it in the form of a, a story or an anecdote that, that happened to you personally of why you're loyal to or maybe why you're not loyal to a particular company. Sure. It's a great question. And I think probably anybody that is in a consumer business really thinks about loyalty. But for me personally, uh, loyalty and the brands that I'm loyal to provide a consistent experience. It's something I can count on. It's something that I know or that I value, but it's really more than anything. It's a consistent experience. And a couple that jumped to mind, um, I love the brand Yeti. Actually, it's a cup. I think about being loyal to a, a cup brand. Um, but they have an absolutely fantastic product. So I will pay more. I will seek it out. I want that brand because of the experience. It's a fantastic product. I actually bought a Yeti and the handle broke off of it, which is something that never happens. And so I took it into actually a Yeti store right over off Max Henderson, not far from where we are right now. And they were so nice about it. Not only did they replace the lid, but they gave me a second cup free. And this is, it's just one of those things that it is consistent. Uh, it's always great service. It, I will pay more because I have value for the experience, the product, and then the service wrapped around that. So I absolutely love that brand. I think the Marriott uh, brand is a fantastic brand um, and their umbrella of brands. I always would seek out Marriott perhaps over other types of hotel stakes, uh, whether it's in almost any of the brands in their portfolio, because their experience is going to be outstanding. Their customer service is going to be great. If there's a challenge or an issue, they're going to take care of it well. I can think of several times in different hotel stays where I'm like, oh, but this is going to be fine because it's a Marriott and they'll take care of it. And they always have. And, and with that, with Marriott as an example of a brand mm-hmm. that you might frequent on a regular basis, mm-hmm. uh, are you remember their program, their loyalty program? I am. And that absolutely uh, is something that initially I 
loved the brand for what it was. And then it would kind of got to a point where it was, well, if it's a decision point between these two, oh, you get those loyalty points. Oh, you can have those additional nights free. And so that certainly made a difference uh, in kind of my uh, loyalty as a guest back. And then now it's evolved to, it's such a good, consistent, um, I very rarely would think of staying someplace that wasn't part of the um, umbrella of that brand in some form or fashion, if I could help it. Hmm. That's good. And, and like you said, I, I think the engagement with the brand gives you that um, satisfaction that you know, if there is an issue, they're going to take care of it. Exactly. And, you know, but most of the times it goes smoothly. Mm-hmm. That's, it does. That's good. So then putting your CMO, CEO, and multiple mm-hmm. hats on from the uh, Dickie's Barbecue Pit uh, mm-hmm. scenario, let's look at as a marketing professional, some of the pain points that you have when it comes to creating and maintaining customer loyalty. I know at the top of the show, you mentioned you have loyal customers, but I think back in 2008, there was some things missing, some of the technology that is now available. What what were the pain points that seemingly you came over or overcame Mm -hmm. to get you to where you are now? And obviously, if you're comfortable enough in that position. Well, and I think that you actually hit upon it when you ask about getting those points. Does that help you make a decision? So we have some folks that have loved the brand that are in their second or third generation of loving the brand, just truly loyal customers that will share their experiences with us. They will write in and I I will get emails. I actually got an, uh, a letter in the mail, which is amazing um, because that it just doesn't happen anymore, but they'll send in their stories about, you know, we catered uh, with you or you catered our wedding reception or just all of these wonderful folks that have great brand experiences. One in particular comes to mind. It was a veteran that was coming back and said, you know, part of coming home when he comes back from service is knowing that he can meet his family at Dickie's and he can get his favorite ribs. And it's just a really lovely story about loving that. And so there, there's something that was so fantastic about that experience, which is truly what you want. You know, you're doing the right things if you can connect as a business and as a brand with folks in that way. But what we were missing and what we formalized is our way to say thank you back. And that's that reward program. And I think that's what's so incredibly important is that loyalty and connection is certainly an organic experience, but how you can, from a business standpoint, uh, really leverage that is to take that and find the right way from a business to say thank you to those guests. You're choosing us with your dollars. You're choosing us with your time. You're choosing us with your experience. How do we take and connect that back to say thank you? on a regular basis. Uh, So for us, our most loyal customers are coming in to see us once a week, um, an average uh, kind of uh, across the board. And those are our really, really heavy users. Those are unique folks. Uh, Because barbecue, as much as I love it, that's a lot (laughs) once a week. Um, But we do have that special class of folks that will come in that often. But a typical loyal, I guess, that we look at as kind of that we're uh, finding the right balance and value and experience and quality is they're coming to see us every two, two and a half weeks. And so that's a, a perfectly defined uh, loyal guest for us. And so we built a rewards program that for every dollar they spend, they get a point. And if we're new folks that come into the Big Yellow Cup program, as we call it, they can instantly get a reward for joining. And then they can uh, immediately get points for ordering online, ordering on our app, or if they dine in with us, they can go online and add their points in uh, from their receipt. 
their uh, purchase information and they'll collect those and they can choose when they want to redeem them. Uh, so they can choose smaller rewards or they can save up for larger rewards. It's very personalized to go if they want uh, a free sandwich um, every certain number of points, they can do that. Or they could save up and they can get a larger reward, a family pack, several racks of ribs, those sorts of things. So that's our current kind of proprietary loyalty program. We tried some outside uh, loyalty programs and just found that we really wanted something that was custom to us, that was the right um, value exchange for what our guests valued and then what was a good way to say thank you but also made good business sense for us. That's great. Now with, with that sort of, uh, I'm assuming you have some sort of contact point, either an email address or a phone mm -hmm. number, and you're communicating with these customers on a personalized basis, mm -hmm. I, I would hope. Um, yes, definitely. And then, so the experience for that consumer is mm -hmm. that I come in, I dine, I earn, and I, like frequent fire miles, I, I become exactly. loyal, or like you are with Marriott, it, it makes right. you think about it more often, because right. you have that point, and as you're driving around, you're like, oh, let me, let me give it a shot again at Dickie's, because I've, I'm, like, again, not to reference Seinfeld, but I was a Seinfeld <laughs> fanatic, you remember the one with, uh, um, what's her name, Elaine, she has this mm -hmm. thing, 10, I only need one more for a free one sub. One more punch, right, yeah. one more, yeah. And she's yeah. like, but the subs aren't even that good, but it's just that gamification of knowing that I'm the, not Absolutely. the good, I'm sure the, the food is phenomenal. You know, you've been in business for 50 years, 60 years? Uh, 79 years. 79 years, oh my God, that's right, it's 1941, holy cow. It's a while. <laughs> yeah, all right, well, let me, let me see this. From, uh, from an internal standpoint, um, I, I know, you know you're a direct-to-consumer type of company, mm -hmm. um, but, and, and you've become innovative, what was it like to get, did you, did you have to convince the others in the organization that it was time to make that innovative change and were they digging their feet in saying, no, we're an old sure. school, old style family restaurant? That's a great question. I know on the business side, uh, sometimes I think we have had to make sure that we have our permission from our guests as a legacy brand, anytime that we want to make a change or an adjustment or addition, uh, we will get dramatic feedback from guests. We love this, we hate this, this is wonderful. And so they're very communicative because we have just had that legacy experience where again, folks take, and you know, you think about your most um, kind of important celebration points, almost always that involves some sort of celebration around food. And so for a lot of folks, that is coming into really special moments in their life or things that they they remember and so they have a lot of passion about that so it's more that we had to get permission from our guests when we want to make adjustments and it actually a an interesting point on the loyalty program is that we had uh, an interim kind of bridge from no loyalty to a digital loyalty program in an old school punch card, very much what you are alluding to in the Elaine and the Seinfeld, uh, because that was about the comfort level a lot of our guests had with technology, which is I'm all right with the stamp, but don't make me do anything on uh, my mobile device or not uh, yet at that online point. And so we've just kind of hit in the past five, six years that breakthrough point 
point with our guests where uh, technology is instead of an intrusion, it's a, it's a welcome way to complement their brand experience. So we absolutely had to uh, kind of stair step that experience into making sure that we had permission and worked with guests on they're comfortable with giving this amount of information, they're comfortable with this amount of contact, they're comfortable with this amount of communication and back and forth. And I think that's the key to the loyalty program in particular is personalization and permission and making that a complement to the experience. But as we have kind of really grown up as a brand and just become more sophisticated, uh, it absolutely was making sure that we had a culture that could accept change. And so that's something that we work not just internally, but also with our franchise partners. Again, we have five uh, family owned restaurants um, and again, including the original that has never um, shuttered, changed location. It has been, the, it's actually the oldest continuously operating restaurant in Dallas. It's never closed or moved or changed ownership. And so we have a legacy to protect there. But uh, from the business standpoint, we looked at those opportunities and, and our mantra is evolve or fail. If we don't evolve, we will fail. And if we don't evolve, if we don't meet guest needs, if we don't look at the marketplace, somebody else will. And I'd much rather they were having our barbecue than somebody else. Well, that leads right into my next question, which is, what does the future of loyalty look like, right? What, what do you see coming down the pike? A couple of very specific things for us, and then I can answer that question in general, but I think it's the continued personalization. So we have a, a basic rewards program that is that, uh, as I like to call it, a thank you, truly a rewards program. So that is rewarding the purchase cycle. And that's tier one. And guess while they have the ability to personalize that experience, it's that second level of rewards that we're building out where guests go from just direct purchase to a direct uh, incentive with food that they can choose to have a uh, second tier. If they reach a, a minimal level, then they can choose maybe I would like a signed cookbook or I would like a set of customized uh, barbecue sauces or spices, or they would like I. Uh, you know, to uh, possibly submit a resume uh, recipe and have it included on the website as uh, here's how we use. So more experience uh, based instead of just a one for one transaction. Thank you. But to that second tier of rewards that are really customized to what our guests say, this is how we value and this is how they can take the brand and the brand experience further. Great. All right. So, you know, the, the types of listeners that we have run the gamut from, you know, vice president of marketing up to CEO, CMO, uh, board members, whatever the case may be, from small to medium-sized companies and enterprise companies as well. What sort of actionable advice, Laura, right, could you give to someone who's listening that, you know, was where you were eight years ago, 10 years ago? Um. Great question. Gosh, listen to your guests. That's the first thing. Make your data truly actionable. That was one of our pieces we took from 2008 and said, again, what could we do better? Uh, it was our data. It was our infrastructure. So we built out a proprietary data pro uh, platform that we call Smokestack. And we were able to then truly have, you know, big data and barbecue. 
so that it would go together because we had just silos of information sitting throughout the company, but they were not connected. They were not user friendly and that it wasn't yet actionable. So our guests were telling us what they wanted, our, our uh, feedback from not just purchase cycles, but uh, different operational challenges or different ways that owner operators were interacting with the brand. How do you fix this training ch uh, training challenge? How do you help and deploy folks uh, and manage, say, for example, we were systemically selling out of ribs around six o'clock across the brand. And that was information that was sitting there we just weren't ingesting it and then making it actionable throughout the organization. So I think the, the most important thing is don't just have data, have a culture that really depends on the data and makes it actionable. And then listen to your guests. They will tell you, we love this. We don't love this. I would come back more often if, um, or I'm sorry, I had a bad experience. I look at it as a complaint. Actually, I think our most valuable source of information outside of our true loyalty, um, heavy user feedback and purchase pattern behavior is our guest complaints. We, it's our talk to Dickies format. And I look at those every day and we send those out to the entire company every day because it's where we're falling short and a complaint if a guest will stop and tell us we have done something wrong, that is an opportunity to do better. It is an opportunity to correct it. It is an opportunity to take a shortfall and turn a guest into not just a repeat guest, but a loyal guest if you handle those situations right. And I think that's the most valuable data you have. Great. All right, Laura, if listeners want to get a hold of you for more information, mm -hmm. what's the best way to do that? Uh, Dickies.com and ldickie at dickies.com is my email. Awesome. All right. So if anybody wants a franchise in their area for absolutely <laughs> Dickie's barbecue pit, she'll make sure she'll come out there personally and make sure that uh, you're the right person to start owning and operating one of the Dickie's barbecue pits. I, Laura, I want to thank you again for your time. I appreciate it. I also want to thank uh, our loyal listeners for being loyal listeners, investing some of their valuable time with us. If you feel you received value from the show, we would appreciate a five-star review on your favorite podcast streaming service. And if you think you know someone else who might value listening to the podcast, please share. This is how we grow. To reference this and other Loyalty Minute episodes, please visit theloyaltyminute.com. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for your next edition of the Loyalty Minute.